0: are who we thought they were But we let about to the line. i get out of hand just just tell me i'm a jerk and shut
2: up let's go scatter the west right tight that's left 372 Y sticks
1: the matt wyatt show he's radio wyatt
2: well i am i gonna
0: go to college i'll just play football
2: all right here we go hour number two of the show Getting started with you here on this uh, hump day. Live in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance in all 82 counties across the great state of Mississippi. Farm Bureau, check them out online, favrates.com. And so if you do that, you can go and like look at your county or your town and see who the local Farm Bureau agents are. And that'll give you a clue to who to get in touch with if you don't already have your insurance with Farm Bureau. But the great thing about Farm Bureau insurance is, again, all 82 counties, you have local people that you're going to pick up the phone and call, you know, text them. They're local agents that, you know, their kids go to school where your kids go to school. Y'all go to church together. You see them out when you go, you know, to dinner in town. You know, they're sitting beside you rooting for the home team on Friday nights. It's somebody you know, and you can deal with one-on-one personally in an insurance or anything. That's the way it ought to be. That's what you get with Farm Bureau. Also staying connected to you here around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire, customer inspired. we got John Cohen coming up in a few minutes, uh, the athletics director of Mississippi State. talk with him. A little bit about the current landscape. You know, again, when I was on with you yesterday live on WRKS, The Zone 105.9, ESPN Radio Jackson, Central Mississippi. At that time, we didn't have that final. We expected it, but we didn't have it yet. And then we got it yesterday afternoon, that final nail in the coffin of the 2019-2020 sports season. No championship events. It means no SEC baseball tournament, all that. That became final yesterday. And then there are all these questions. You know, there's been a note from the NCAA that there would be, what, an extra year of eligibility for student-athletes who might have been in there. well, I don't know if it is, you know, student-athletes in their final year or if it's all or if they're still working through high, they're going to do that to expand rosters if they give them all an extra year so many questions and somebody uh, brought that up yesterday on the country pleasing text line. And um, I think that it's something that I'm just going to have to pose some questions uh, like that to a smart person like John Cohen (laughs) and see what we can learn about it and see where we can go with it from there. Cause that's really all I know. uh, That's all I know to do. So we'll do the best that we can there. Now also during this time, Because when we talk to Coach Cohen, we're going to follow up after that. But during the interview, if you have something you think I ought to bring up, you know, I'll do my best to look at it. It, I don't always do the best job of keeping my eyes on it, but I'll do my best. Feel free to message me in several ways. One, text me on the country-pleasing text line. Check out my country-pleasing hat. Look at the big red hog. Country-pleasing sausage. Hand-picked hams, bacons, pork loin. That's what it's made of. No junk, no parts. It's leaner. Make it in small batches, so consistent. It's the best. They even smoke it with real whole hickory logs, not dust, sawdust, or chips. Makes a better smoke, stronger flavor. Really good stuff. The country Pleasing text line 885-ESPN or eight eight five three is a 601 number. You can uh, message me over on the... Live stream on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. We've got a live stream going over there. We've got a live stream going on Periscope. Feel free to type it in there. And you can tweet me anytime, at Radio Wyatt. Jason tweeted me a video of all the snow on the ground in Flagstaff, Arizona right now. I mean, I just cannot believe it, Jason. I honestly cannot believe You know, the way it is here, and we're kind of like going to touch 80 degrees today, and I'm going to take my daughter fishing. And I'm looking at you, and you're covered up in snow up there in the Arizona mountains. So bless your heart, man. Uh, y'all stay warm. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I'll just be totally honest with you. All right, here we go. Let's flip it over to the Davinny Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment. Highway 51 in Madison, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. They are the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. It means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else. On the Davini phone right now, John Cohen. Athletics Director, Mississippi State. You can follow him on Twitter if you don't already. I suggest you do that, especially right now at John Cohen A D. And he's on your radio as we speak. John, I appreciate some time and what I know, am I right? It has to be a very busy yet odd, just kind of weird time right now for everybody around the world, but certainly for for you guys in big time athletics.
1: Well, Matt, I agree with you. I think everything's an educational opportunity and this is certainly that I, I, I've learned a lot, uh, about our university, about the Southeastern Conference and about the NCAA. And, you know, while I'm on that tangent, I, I will tell you that the leadership Dr. Keenum has displayed, <clears throat> uh, in, in these trying times, and you know, that's when you really find out about true leadership is when you go through some tough times and, uh, he has just done a magn- magnificent job with his staff of, getting our university, uh, you know, back online to uh, to be able to conduct classes from a distance on Monday and, and, you know, to carry on as, as best we can. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I feel blessed to, to be part of uh, a great university that, that has been pretty prepared for something that you really can't prepare for.
2: John... Um... I'm not going to spend a ton of time backtracking into what it's been like. I I do want to look forward and have some questions for you about, you know, kids coming back and playing their eligibility out and all that kind of stuff. But I just couldn't help. I wanted to bring this up. So we had Keith Carter on yesterday, your counterpart at Ole Miss. And as he was describing the 24 hours of of meetings and decisions that went on last week in Nashville for you guys as ADs and conference leaders – Within 24 hours of going from like a morning meeting on a Tuesday or Wednesday of, you know, we're still going forward to by that afternoon, the NCAA had said, well, we're going to play with no fans. And then less than 24 hours later, everything's called off. Get everybody home as quickly as you can. It's just it's almost hard for me to wrap my head around what that must have been like for the decision makers, for you guys in the decision making room. What was it like?
1: Yeah, it was pretty surreal, uh, when you consider that things were changing. Uh, I think it's a pretty common statement to say these days that, that things are fluid, but I, I, my goodness, uh, I think he's right in that 24 hour period. Things change so dramatically, uh, so quickly. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about having, you know, limited people in to saying, you know, uh, you're going to unfortunately have to cancel to the entire NCAA tournament is over to, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, it just, it was bizarre. And uh, I, one of the things that I, I really took notice of is Commissioner Sankey. Um, his leadership was tremendous, but his very first concern is the well-being of our student athletes. And I think a couple of times he, he got a little choked up because Commissioner Sankey knows that that some some careers, some some high, some college uh, seniors were never going to get to play in the SEC tournament ever again, and that opportunity was stripped from them. You know, you go from that to going big picture to saying, you know, we have a public health crisis going on, and we have to take care of that. So, um, yeah, I, just a lot of emotions and a lot of things happening in a, in a very short amount of time.
2: John Cohen on your radio, John. There's been a lot of questions from people who listen to this show, um, and I haven't been able to give you know definitive answers. I'm still kind of learning what the possibilities are about granting eligibility back to student athletes. If I remember correctly, it seemed like the NCAA put something out that uh, a note that you know maybe that was going to be a possibility. What can you tell us as we sit here right now on the 18th? that we need to be aware of as fans that might be the possibilities for, let's say a, a kid being able to come back and play that final year out. And is that even a possibility? What can you tell us?
1: Well, there's a couple of things there. Number one, you, you have to find out, you, you got to know when we're going to be able to, to to be in large groups again. You know, okay. so that's, that's the unknown. So, you know, you don't, you certainly don't know the, the course that this virus is going to take. Uh, and where we're going to be two weeks from now, a month from now, whatever. So I, I think that affects things. Um, th- there's two separate issues for me, Matt. Number one is what do I think we should do and the reality of what's going to end up happening. I, I really can't mm. come up with what what's going to happen in terms of returning eligibility. Um, I'm glad that the, the NCAA has made some initial comments about restoring it. I, I personally certainly think that's the right thing to do, but it's extremely complicated mm. um, because we all know, and, and, and you're an athlete, Matt, you know this better than anybody. It's a cycle, right? So yeah. athletes are coming into the system. Athletes are exiting the system. If no athletes are exiting the system, how, how do you take more athletes in and how does that work? And do all roster restrictions go out the window Do scholarship limits go out the window? There are a lot of questions that are going to have to be answered for sure.
2: Well, that's, you know, and I guess that's, John, like one of the initial thoughts I had is, you know, just on the very basic math. If, let's say, seniors, even, even if it were just seniors, which I'm not sure that would be entirely fair, but let's just say if it were just seniors who were going to play that senior year of softball and they're allowed to come back and have that senior year. What does that do for adding signing class? Because we bring all the seniors back. Are we going to have a normal signing class where we bring those people in? Now we've got more people on the roster than we've ever had. Are those the kinds of things you're talking about that make it complicated?
1: I think you're right on the money. And, you know, let's just take a a softball program just as an example. Um, There are no roster restrictions, but there are scholarship restrictions. So let's just say in softball, just as an example, Let's say you're, you're losing five seniors, and let's say that represents three scholarships. Well, you know, the, the early signing period, they might have signed, you know, five more incoming freshmen and at, a, at an additional three scholarships. So now instead of 12 fulls, which is the limit for softball, now you're sitting on 15. How do you get back down to 12? Well, do you, uh, <clears throat> do you, do you tell the kids who are coming in you can't come? And, you know, and kind of reject their dream, what they've been working toward their entire life. Yeah. Is that the direction you go? Do you tell the senior, hey, we're going to protect you, but everybody else, we're going to take a, a year away from your eligibility? I mean, this, there, there are only more questions. There aren't any answers at this time. But I will tell you this personally, I am a proponent and, and I, I don't know how this can get done. I have some ideas, but I think everyone who had their season taken away from them. Should have that season restored and it's not going to be easy and it's going to be here's another thing about it matt in that scenario where i'm talking about softball as an example if they're up to 15 scholarships how much time do you give them going into the future to get back down to 12 scholarships
2: right is it that's that's what i was thinking is it a one-year thing like as you were talking john i'm sitting here going in my head okay is this like a one-year lifting of a scholarship limits across the sports is it a one-year expansion of the rosters but you really can't you because it multiplies beyond that i don't know like i can i don't guess you can just limit it to just a one-year fix
1: well in a perfect world you'd have an entire recruiting cycle to get the number back down to the limit okay um in a perfect world but but you know what Matt here, here's the thing big picture here we're talking about scholarships for softball, baseball. and for, we, we don't even know what our economy is going to look like sure. in a month or two. I mean, we're very hopeful, and, and we want to remain positive. Um, but we have a university right now that's basically shut down, and it almost feels strange talking about scholarship limitations <laughs> for spring sports. But, But I will say, to me, this isn't a fun discussion, but it's a necessary discussion to start thinking in this way because – I, I am, am an optimist and I think we're going to get beyond this here in the, the near distant future. We're going to have to figure it out quickly because you have kids who are planning on being, you know, signing classes who are planning on being at Mississippi State this summer. It's right around the corner. They will enroll early. So we, um, we, we need to take care of these issues. We need to start thinking about them and, and some really smart people from our conference level, from the NCAA are already tackling this issue, and uh, I, I feel very confident. It won't be perfect, Matt. It, it definitely will not be perfect, but at some level, I think I think there'll be some compromise, and I think that, that the kids will be treated the right way.
2: John Cohen, Athletics Director of Mississippi State, on your radio right now. How difficult is it, John, to run a department and continue to communicate and have meetings about things you need to have meetings about when, A you know you don't have events going on and b everybody's trying to stay home or is it difficult
1: um you you know we've had a series of conference calls we're going to have a conference call with our uh our head coaches tomorrow uh i think we have it set up at 11 a.m um actually i'm sorry i think that's 1 p.m but we're we're, we're communicating with our coaches and the main thing we're telling our coaches is is this and, and our coaches don't even need to hear this from john cohen but they're going to Take care of our kids. If our kids are still in town, let's take care of them. I think by the end of today, Matt, I, I think we'll have less than 50 kids out of a rough out of roughly 370 who will still be in Starkville, mm. and some of those kids are from Starkville. Um, but you know, we 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 need to take care of our kids. And and, and boy, what a great job, Dr. Keenum and his staff. Uh, Regina Hyatt and, and, and all those people are doing, such a, David Shaw, they're doing such a great job of taking care of our kids on our campus, um, making sure uh, that that everybody gets fed, making sure that they have the capability to get online for classes that will begin on Monday. Um, we just, we got to take care of our kids. That's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. We're here to make sure that they have a great experience. And, and listen, we're, we're in a tough, tough situation right now, athletically, but we're going to make their experience as positive as it can
2: be john a a couple of questions here that are texted in on our country pleasing text line from listeners one jason who's out in flagstaff arizona jason is a mississippian but he's a serviceman living out in the snow in arizona right now northern arizona and his question was if it becomes necessary and possible he wants to know how you would feel about playing sports with no audience, no fans there, games like that. How would you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I, I, my, my feeling is if you can play the games and there's no risk to the student athletes, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I would be for that because the, the kids need to be able to compete. You know, one of the things I worry about, and I think about myself as a kid, Matt, when you were a kid, when, when student athletes don't have a regiment in front of them, um, you know, they start to kind of wander off. They're disciplined kids, but it's like anyone else. They're, they're used to a regiment, and when they don't have that regiment, you, you start getting a little concerned. And, and right now, we have a group of student athletes. We're very we're connected to them. Our coaches and, and their staffs are doing a great job connecting to them, but they're, they're they're off their regiment. So anything like a sporting event. I mean, if if we could get them there and 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 they were safe in an environment where they could compete even if they're not crowds there, yeah, I, I'd be in full support of that, even though I know that'd be incredibly disappointing to our fans. And, and let's face it, I mean, we have we have some of the best fans in all of college athletics. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would feel bad for them, but at the same time, at least the kids would get to compete.
2: Sure. John, uh, before I turn you loose, you know, I was thinking one thing that in 2020 I am really thankful for, and, and I'm not sure I've always felt this way about these things, but I'm really sitting here at my house today, thankful for Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and how fortunate. I mean, can you imagine going through something like this 30 years ago, 35 years ago? Um,
1: well, the truth of the matter is 30 years ago, Matt, we, we wouldn't even know how this virus is spreading. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're 100% right. We, we would be in much more of a health crisis than we're in right now just because of the lack of communication. So you're, you're 100% right. Um, the, the, the mode, the, the ability to communicate at the level we can in 2020, really, let's be honest, it's going to save lives.
2: No doubt about it. Well, Hey, and John, listen, I appreciate your time today. Um, I know it seems like, you know, as I reached out to you and to Keith and other people in athletics, everybody's having like conference calls and meetings. And so I appreciate you, you know, fitting me in, in between. And I know it's really important for you guys to be able to communicate and you've got huge social media followings, but. I'm glad to help, and I appreciate you coming on. I want to continue to do this uh, throughout this, so thank you very much.
1: Absolutely. I want everybody who can hear my voice to stay uh, safe and healthy, uh, and to all of our Mississippi State friends out there, hail State, and uh, we can't wait to see you again.
2: All right. Thanks, John. Appreciate you. Thank you. That's John Cohen, Athletics Director, Mississippi State. Um, really, th- there's so much kind of in there. You know, and I hate to steal a term from another radio guy, but that was that conversation with John was a uh, an information and perspective sandwich there in about uh, 18 minutes of conversation with him. Because you think about the ground covered and it's so true. You're in a situation right now where one thing takes precedence over everything else. And that is safety and well-being of people long-term, avoiding the virus, (laughs) social distancing. That's why we're in the situation we're in. But even though that's true and we all recognize that, what also is true is that it's okay for the leaders, it's right for the leaders, the decision-makers who have all of this on their plate to begin to look down the road and start preparing to make decisions even though it's a total unknown when any of this is coming back but they're trying to prepare so that means what about the kids who had their senior season taken away what about the possibility of as we can get people back together but maybe not in huge groups can you play games without people in the future if you need to and all those things and they're thinking about it talking about it even though the the variable changes hour by hour as new information comes in on the virus. What a historical time that we are living through right now. We're gonna make it. Ain't no doubt. We're going to make it together. We're going to figure it out. Stick around. You're
1: listening to the Matt Wyatt Show.
2: Here we go back on the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with John Cohen. We'll get that churned out to you via podcast coming up. I'll send out those links. So y'all make sure you follow me on Twitter at Radio Wyatt and make sure you do me a favor and like and follow the Facebook page. It's just facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt and I'll get it posted on there to kind of separate it out where if that's what you want to watch, you can watch just that interview without having to sift through the the whole live stream. Uh, hit me up. Call me on the Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. It's a 601 number. Text me on the country pleasing text line. It is 885-ESPN. Hey, real quick, though, I want to remind you of something. I don't know if you're sleeping well at night right now. No, there may be some external reasons for that. But you can sleep better on a Nest and Wild mattress. Nest and Wild, it's a Mississippi-based company, mattress company. They make high-quality mattresses. They deliver them to your door. Every mattress they have is 12 inches thick. Every size is 12 inches thick. Not like a lot of brands that are 8 inches or 10. Less support, less durability. 12 inches for every size from Nest and Wild. And every one is made 100% right here in the USA. Great pricing. You can sleep on it for up to 99 nights. So here's what you do. You go to nestandwild.com. You hear me? nestandwild.com. Use code BULLY20. 20 B-U-L-L-Y-2-0, BULLY20. You'll get 20% off all sizes and bases of mattresses and you'll get a free pillow top mattress pad with your order also and the mattress will show up on your doorstep in 3 to 5 days so check it out beaver how do you uh feel about what i said earlier and shoot me straight that i i said that while i get it's a big deal you know not only it's is it a big deal for Tampa for them to get Tom Brady it's a big deal for New England for them to lose Tom Brady but that I don't think that's the most impactful on the immediate next season. I think the most impactful is Philip Rivers going to Indianapolis. Um, I'll let you know what y'all think. What do you think about that?
3: You know, I can see the point you're making. Now it is it is big because well, it's it's Tom Brady, so mm-hmm. that's going to make it huge in itself. Sure. Uh, yeah, I do think he's going to. He's going to put up some nice numbers cuz he's got some really nice weapons waiting for him. Yep. But it's at the end of the day, my feeling is it's still the Buccaneers. Yeah. Okay, they're mm-hmm. not I don't see them getting to the I to the Super Bowl. I honestly don't even know if they will make the playoffs with him. Uh now looking over to who you said the Colts, right? Philip Rivers is yes. your most impactful? Mm-hmm. I can definitely see that because the other option, you're coming off Jacoby Brissett. If you're mm-hmm. moving from Jacoby Brissett to Phillip Rivers, I view that as a massive upgrade. Sure. People are still really down on Phillip Rivers and I kind of get it because he's aging, but he can still put up some numbers. So yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from because also in that division, the AFC South, extremely winnable.
2: Yeah. That's the thing to me is it, it's not, you're not looking at. Philip Rivers and Indianapolis in a vacuum saying, yeah, this is the only thing that matters. It's got to be in the context of what they'll do in their division in terms of getting in the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. And they're going to have an expanded playoff now because of the new CBA. But I just look at it and go, okay, Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans just did a dumb thing because Bill O'Brien, the coach, now the GM, also doesn't really like DeAndre Hopkins, just didn't really like him seems like as a person that's coming out now. And so they've traded away their best offensive player for just stuff. You know, like it's like they traded away their best offensive player for a storage unit that hasn't been opened yet. <laughs> like storage wars. And so that changes things for Houston. JJ Watts getting older. Clowney's gone. You know, and they still have Deshaun Watson. but And then you look at Tennessee, and Tennessee obviously is a, a threat as long as Derrick Henry is there, but they're kind of one-dimensional. They, with Mac at running back and that offensive line, paired with those two tight ends and Phillip Rivers and T.Y. Hilton, if they can mesh and gel that thing together, I'm just telling you, that deal in Indianapolis has a chance to be a multi-dimensional Unstoppable offense. Yeah, I said it. But I will say, Tom Brady going to Tampa, it reminds me, it has the look and kind of reminds me so much of when Joe Montana left San Francisco and went to Kansas City for two years. Anybody old enough to remember that and understand that, the gist of that? And he was in San Francisco for what? Two, four, six... 8, 10, 12, 13 years. 13, 14 years. He, well, he was there 14 years. You know, Tom Brady was in New England for 20, but Joe Montana, multiple Super Bowls in San Francisco, best quarterback in the league for a decade and a half, and then goes to Kansas City, a place that had one Super Bowl. It's a lot like Tampa. And he was there for two years. And look, he was good. He was good. He was really good in 93 and 94 for Kansas City. Very competitive and good, but he was older. Obviously, it was weird to see him in a see Montana in a Kansas City uniform. And he led them to what? They went like the first year he was there, they they were 8 and 3 in the games that he played in. The next year they were 9 and 5. They were a playoff team, but they weren't world beaters. And so a lot of people Beaver said the same thing when Joe Montana went to Kansas City. They were like Look, he'll be okay there, but it's still Kansas City. I mean, that's the way it was at that time. And so I just think that Colts team is built to win. Anyway, there we go. That's my thought on that. Look over here. The man with four names. Listen, Beaver, I have really gotten into, during this downtime, going back and watching old Western movies full classic Western movies on YouTube because there's so many of them there. And I have discovered there are so many that are good that I've never seen. And I'm not talking about old Gene Autry black and white movies. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like good ones from the 70s. You know, the guys that made the spaghetti Westerns, Sergio Leone, the director, the Italian director, Ennio Marconi, the uh, guy who made the music for all those spaghetti Westerns. They made lots and lots more of those spaghetti Western-type movies where they filmed them in Spain and Italy and stuff and and dubbed voices over them in four different languages. There's so many more of them than I realize. And so you had the man with no name, and I discovered some with this Italian actor who they were fantastic. His name was Terrence Hill. That's just a screen name. But he played the part of this kind of blonde-haired, blue-eyed cowboy and some really good spaghetti westerns I had never seen before. And one of them is called My Name is Nobody. The man with no name. We got the man with four names who calls us just about every day. We're pretty fortunate. On the divini Equipment phone line. Anti-Shark-Rebel-Paul. Paul, the man with four names. What's up, man?
0: I don't really know what to make of that introduction. but uh, I, I guess
2: <laughs> It's filler. It's time filler. That's all it was, I hear Paul.
0: You. I hear you. Hey, I enjoyed your interview with um, Cohen and whatnot. And, you know, some of the things that he brought up about when this will resume or that will resume, and you were talking about uh, Sankey, and, you know, the key word in every sentence is, Optimistic that, you know, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and I don't know how much research you've done or whatnot. And, uh, I've looked into a lot of it and read a lot about this. And basically, epidemiologists, I mean, some of the greatest minds in the world Mm -hmm. of medicine are saying, you know, we've got two cures of this. Either we continue to maintain extreme social distancing for a period of 15 to 18 months until a vaccine mm-hmm. can be uh, uh, implemented to, you know, to fix this. Right. Or we go back to, you know, our normal ways of doing things. And then the weaker of us and the older uh, and people that have, you know, uh, Compromised immune systems are are going to be, at, you know, a great risk of dying. And there's going to be hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of deaths. Right. But if we don't go to that point, and the reason for going to that point is to build uh, a basic uh, immune system through uh, exposure. You know what I'm saying? Yes.
2: I mean, I, okay. And, but, the, but when you say you expose, exposure, you w- when you say exposure, you're talking about—I mean—the same dynamic as when you get a flu shot. When you get a flu shot, they're putting a little bit of flu in you, that, which that helps correct. you to build up and an immunity like, like, to it. Yeah, that's
0: exactly right. And, well, and,
2: and that—that's
0: not me speaking my opinion. I, I'm not a medical doctor. That's yeah. me uh, reading a lot about things that have been said by other
2: doctors and right are, are and Paul positive. let me just the music started and so I'm, I kind of have to cut you off there but I didn't want to but, but let me just say Paul listen I simply don't believe that we'll be sitting here doing the same thing in 15 months it, it just it won't I, be I that mean, long I mean so well
0: well, we can't afford it I mean that's yeah. the other point though. And, and that was one of the things that
2: they said, you know. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate the call, Paul. Wrap it up next. Stick around.
1: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
2: Back. On the show, I mentioned this earlier, the mayor in Buffalo, New York, easy for me to say, the mayor in Buffalo, New York, (laughs) I kind of did a, Beaver, that was like a combination of of pulling a Jake and a Brooks all at the same time. I said, Unork, not New York. The mayor of Buffalo, New York, warns Bills fans celebrating the exit of Tom Brady in New England. There are no mass gatherings, he said. (laughs) That's how much Bills fans want to celebrate the fact that their division foe is leaving. I found that very entertaining. And here's another one. A Pennsylvania distillery is shifting from making spirits to hand sanitizer. This is a real story, y'all. This is true. Real. Eight Oaks Farm Distillery filled its first 20 bottles of disinfectant two days ago. A batch destined for charitable groups that need hand sanitizer, but haven't been able to get any because of this pandemic because everybody bought it up. Pennsylvania Distillery. Uh, temporarily converting his operation into a production line for the suddenly hard-to-find gooey alcohol-based disinfectant. How about that?
3: Who's next? Mm. <laughs> what do you think about that, Beef. You know, it's funny you bring up this story because I think it was just yesterday or maybe the day before yesterday. But someone texted during Chris's show and they uh, someone local here and they were at a liquor store here. And they said the liquor store was running real low on vodka and Everclear. (laughs) And the lady that worked at the counter told it, told this person that people are coming in because they're taking the vodka. They're (laughs) mixing it with aloe vera. And they're making hand sanitizer. Oh, no. No. So apparently we're one step away from setting that business up here, too. (laughs) Dead gum. That won't even work.
2: You can't do that. That's that's incredible. That's incredible. I mean, it's ingenuity, but holy cow, it doesn't work. I mean, take us take a I mean, talk to a scientist. (laughs) talk to somebody vodka will not eliminate oh you're mixing it with aloe vera holy cow that sounds like something somebody would do to like sneak alcohol onto a cruise ship (laughs) we're gonna put it in an aloe vera bottle good grief people are amazing man during these times They're having a hard time with this whole Tom Brady thing up in New England, though. They're having a hard time. Hey, but look, and I know the entire world's talking about it, but I found this soundbite interesting. Bruce Arians. anytime I get a chance to hear old Bruce's voice, I kind of look for an excuse to do that. Bruce Arians was the offensive coordinator at Mississippi State when I was recruited to go to school there. My first year at State as a quarterback, 95, was a freshman. I was redshirting, but our quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator, was... Bruce Arians, and he's obviously become an incredible NFL coach now as the head coach in Tampa. But he sort of hinted, this is back during the scouting combine, the combine. And in an interview, he sort of hinted at Tom Brady. He's laying down the clues. You said before about door number two.
3: Who's behind
2: door number two? Well, that's the thing. You see all these names. You've never seen a quarterback market with
0: like Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Philip Rivers and all these guys that are, potentially
2: going to be out there. Uh, You don't know what trades might happen. So you really don't know who is behind door number two yet. Uh, Then you can make a decision. How about that? He said Tom Brady. We should have been listening. Here's uh, from the NFL Network. Mike Giardi says that Kraft and Brady met and that the team thought they were going to get a deal done
0: I spoke to one of this morning Scott and it, he kind of took me through the meeting a little bit and for starters he said just very sad that's the feeling and it's a feeling that he's not going to be able to shake for a while but you have to move forward what he said was he was hoping that when Tom Brady came to his house last night that it was to meet and work out a deal but instead Brady told him It's over. It's time to turn the page. And as Robert said to me, look, if he wanted to remain a patriot, we would have found a way to make it work. So Robert's feeling was that Tom had decided mentally he had moved on and it was time for a new chapter.
2: Mike Giardi, NFL Network. The fans, Beaver, are not taking this very well. Look at Gator Nation over here on the country-pleasing text line. Gator Nation says, Matt, me and Tom want to thank you for the past couple of years. Your Chiefs were good competition but now we've taken our talents to Tampa Belichick destroyed the Patriots so we'll see you in the Super Bowl how about all the bull crap in that text in one text first let's break this down for a second Gator Nation first of all you say me and Tom well that's grammatically incorrect horribly for the for <laughs> It would be Tom and I. (laughs) And he says, me and Tom want to thank you for the past couple of years. Your Chiefs were good competition. Good competition? I'm talking about you lucked your way into a division championship game in Kansas City because one guy can't not jump off sides. Chiefs had a game won two years ago. They just won the Super Bowl. Good competition. Apparently... A team being better than you is good competition, according to Gator Nation. And then he says, but now we have taken our talents to Tampa Bay. Gator Nation, you ain't taking your talents anywhere. <laughs> Tom is. Me and Tom. And then says Belichick destroyed the Patriots. Man, what are You on. Look, Beaver, radio callers in Boston aren't taking it too well either.
0: We have season tickets. We've had them forever my family. And quite frankly, we're giving them back. Uh, It's disgusting what happened. Robert Kraft. He should have jumped. Yeah, he should have jumped in here in these negotiations. He's got. He's got no no spine whatsoever with Belichick. I'm hanging the black graves as we speak. This is one of the darkest days in Boston sports history. I got no Bruins.
3: I got no Red Sox. Now I got no damn Tom Brady. <laughs> Good for Tom Brady. I'll watch every game and I'll root for him. And when the Patriots get back on board, if they get their game back on board, I'll be a Patriots fan again. But don't forget this. This town was a baseball town before Tom Brady took over the New England Patriots. It'll be interesting to see what kind of town it's going to be moving forward. And I think it's going to be some tough, tough sailing for Belichick because I blame him. I'm sorry. That's where I'm going with this. I blame him. And, again, congratulations, Tom. Thanks for everything you've given New England fans.
2: Blaming him for what? Multiple Super Bowls. The class of the NFL for over a decade. And you're blaming Belichick for what? For winning? (laughs) For figuring out a way to make it work with Tom Brady for 20 years. And Gator Nation going to text me and say Belichick destroyed the Patriots. Y'all are crazy. Crazy. At least these guys calling Boston Radio have a cool accent. I'm hanging the black graves as we speak. This is one of the darkest days in Boston sports history.
3: <laughs> darkest. It's a dark day. <laughs> Come on, Beaver. I parked my car in the yard, <laughs> and it was dark when I got out of the car. It's and one of about the... time. Darkest days. I'm hanging the black graves as we speak. This is one of
2: the darkest days in Boston sports history. <laughs> darkest days, <laughs> Boston sports history. Spots. <laughs> Come on, man. Y'all are crazy. Have lost it. Have lost it. <laughs> Jason follows up over here on the country pleasing text and he says, vodka will absolutely kill viruses. They use the same alcohol and mouthwash for that reason. So are you telling me, Jason, that's why we have that scene. That's why we have that scene in the office where Meredith, who is sort of an alcoholic is caught squirting hand sanitizer on her hand and licking it off. Is that, is that why we have that scene? Is that what you're telling me? Carla Danger over here, uh, Beaver, wants you to do the rest of the show in your Boston accent. You are. (laughs) Listen to that accent, man. I'm hanging the black graves as we speak. This is one of the darkest days in Boston sports history. I mean, that is just classic. (laughs) You know, I don't think I have any more respect for Matt Damon as an actor as I do when I think about the way he manhandled that Boston accent in that movie, um, what was the name of the movie where Ro- he was the smart kid and Robin? Goodwill White- Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. That's exactly right. You like apples? <laughs> I can't do it. I can do a lot of accents pretty well. That one I have a hard time with. I just never practiced it. but It's really good. Hey, listen. Uh Right. Carla on Twitter. She just tweeted us and it says, Lobster! <laughs> what do you want for supper? Lobster! Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Now that I've completely run off the tracks here, it's a good time to get on out. We'll come back tomorrow. And, um... I have a Dan Mullen in Florida topic for you tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, there's a tease. You might want to listen to that. I I think it could be good. For Beaver, I'm Matt. See y'all tomorrow. See ya.